from Hamster Wheel Publishing. This is Freewheeling. The show that answers your questions about veterinary business and leadership. With me, Dr. Dave Nichol. Okay, hey everybody, Dr. Dave here for another episode of Freewheeling. Now today's question comes from Pip Kellett. Hello Pip, um, who is over on the other side of the world and she sent some really cool questions. Actually sent about three questions. So Pip, in the interest of not hogging the limelight, I'm gonna answer one of them um, today. And I might come back to the other two, or I may just reply on email, but they're all great questions. Okay, so the question Pip asked, really she said, so I wrote the book, So You're a Vet, Now What? But Pip wanted to draw, like rewind the tape and say, so you're a vet student, now what? And asked a few questions about, you know, really our questions were all about finding direction, finding your way. Okay, so a lot of the stuff we talk about in VetX Thrive. And so I wanted to share a little framework that you can use, particularly as you're coming toward the end of your vet school career. Because I think that's, and I've said this before, this is one of the risk periods for you to start losing your way, okay? When you were a student or before you were a student, you know, you knew you wanted to be a vet, so you had to go to vet school, you had purpose. When you were at vet school, you know it needed to be a vet, so you had purpose to get out of vet school and to pass your finals. And then you start to focus on just surviving, okay? Or getting your first job, or you kind of get hung up on the fact that people don't seem to be having an amazing time in veterinary medicine. Like, that is the narrative that's out there, okay? And, and if you adopt that narrative, and you go into it with a certain mindset, and you choose unwisely, then you may just become someone that reinforces that narrative. You're not having a good time, potentially burn out, and that's a bad place to be. So. How can we do things a little differently, okay? Well, first of all, don't believe that narrative. It's, that's a group narrative that's out there at the minute, but let me absolutely promise you, there are thousands of vets who are really enjoying their career, okay? Now, the Facebook groups don't get as much mentioned, but there are Facebook groups about vets who are totally loving veterinary medicine and having a great time and just sharing good stuff, right? So just because the noisy people you know, the negative people are often the noisiest. And I'm not, by the way, saying veterinary medicine is perfect, all right? That's not what I'm saying. I'm not like devaluing that some people are struggling. That is true. But what I'm saying is for you as an individual, if you start following a herd mentality, a group narrative, then you're influencing your trajectory right away. If you believe, if your belief is that veterinary medicine sucks and you're probably gonna have a hard time and you made a big mistake, and you're still at college or you're worrying about that and that's becoming your belief, that is much more likely to be your end result, which is a disaster, right? So why don't we just go start off with an open mind, okay? And that means writing your own story and writing your own, having your own belief and going at it with a mindset of, as I have, this is the best job in the world, which is my belief. Now, I'm not saying it's an easy job, it's not. You're gonna have to work hard to make it the best job in the world. It's not just gonna fall in your lap, but there's definitely things you can do to influence that. And so here's a little framework I think is really useful if you've never met this before. Okay, and this is, I'm gonna make use of one of my favorite, I love a good graph, right? Like, um, I like pictures, so a good graph is always helpful. But let's, Venn diagrams, our best friend, okay? So let's draw this little Venn diagram here, okay? Um, and normally the circles would be equal sized, okay? And, but I like this framework, okay? Because when you're making choices about what you're going to do, there's a framework and then I'm gonna give you three questions you should ask yourself, okay? So the framework, first of all, is what are you good at? 
Okay, so that's the first sphere. What things are you actually good at? And you should be noticing that as you go through your university career. I was really not good at biochemistry, um, not particularly good at Latin. And so, you know, anatomy was a bit of a struggle for me. Um, in fact, lot, uh, any of the years where there were even numbers, the second and fourth year, for some reason, I struggled in those ones and I did much better in the odd numbers. So the first, third and the final year. Um, so I, I, I knew a lot about what I wasn't good at in veterinary medicine. It wasn't until final year that I, I got into the consultation room with clients for the first time at the PDSA. Big shout out to the PDSA. Um, and, and I suddenly got it. I suddenly understood, ah, people working with clients. That's what I'm good at, okay? Um, okay, so that's number one. Next one. What do I actually like? Now, what do you like doing, okay? I like horses but I did not like the horsey uh, culture that went with it. It was very exclusive to me. Although I'd ridden horses as a kid, I wasn't from a horsey background, um, the language of horsiness was very exclusive. It had its own set of jargon, just like veterinary medicine has, but it was very exclusive. And if you weren't part of that club, then it felt like nobody wanted you to be part of that club. And so I found the owners to be quite challenging, which is interesting, right? Because I really liked working with pet owners um, but I did not like working particularly with horse owners, okay? Nothing against you if you have a horse, but that was an exclusive tribe, which I did not feel like it was particularly easy to get stuck into. So I, I, I was starting to get aware of things I was good at and things I liked. Now, unless you want to be poor for the rest of your life, here's some other things that you should consider as well, okay? So what do people want? Okay, so out in the big bad world, just being good at something and liking it, that's called this area here, that's a hobby. Actually, that might just be the hobby. This starts to become something you're a bit more skilled at. So this is something like a skilled hobby, okay? But hobbies don't pay you any money and I really don't want you to be eating like feathers for the rest of your life, right? So what do people want um, and what will they pay for, okay? So I might want a Ferrari. Actually, that's a stupid example because I have no desire for that at all. But it doesn't mean that I'm going to pay for a Ferrari, right? Um, and it's this area of intersection, these four things, that if you can start ticking boxes and use this as a framework, then it might help to guide you to somewhere you're more likely to be happy, okay? So, for me, what am I good at? Okay, for me, this was clients and talking to people. What do I like? Um, animals. And... It happened to be pet owners, okay? And what else did I like? Actually, I started to really pick up that I liked surgery, okay? So surgery was something I was good at. I was good at spatial things, so I was instantly good with an endoscope. I liked ultrasound. I could picture things in 3D in a way that other people maybe seemed to struggle with, okay? So imaging was actually something, and I was good at working with my hands. Not always with my brain. Um, it was actually ended up, I was, I'm pretty good at working with my mouth as well. So using words to influence and, and, and help people, okay? So this starts to give me a sense of where I'm gonna be. Now, that does not narrow it down to a specific area of veterinary medicine yet, okay? But you can also say, what am I really not good at and what do I not like, okay? And I actually quite like farmers. I always had a great interaction with them, but I did not like 
winter time, being outside, sticking needles in cattle, getting beaten up, and you know, I'm five foot seven, sort of, you know, not necessarily built for you know getting beaten up by cows all day. So I did not particularly like that. I did not particularly like the production side of medicine. Like I, I had issues with seeing sows laid out in stalls and that seemed kind of cruel to me. So I, I did not like that side of things. Um, and also I had an idea of where the market was going and I thought small animal medicine down here for me made more sense because I could see that pets were something people would pay for whereas a farm animal I liked solving problems okay but there's a, a financial value in that where a farmer is just not going to pay so the, the cool case is they may just shoot that animal okay that's not what I signed up to do I wanted to fix things so what were people going to pay for okay and for me that meant pets um, and what do, what do, what do people what you know what do people want okay and so yeah we're in a good sector so veterinary services is definitely something they want so that's the big one people want that they will pay for it so it's then what we like within that okay if you're totally into systems management and production medicine this then farm animal will be a good place for you if you're from the horsey community and you just love that and you're a complete grafter and willing to work some of the, the crazy rosters that that equine vets have to work then that might be a great fit for you. There's no judgment on what it is. It is what it is, right? Um, but it's what matters for you. And what you're looking for is this bit in here, okay? That is your sweet spot. Bam, okay? So that's where you want, that's where you want to shoot for, okay? Um, and so you ask yourselves, what are you good at? Remember to ask yourself what you're not good at, okay? And, and I use this as a guiding light throughout my career as well. You know, I, I was okay at medicine, okay? I had to build up enough skills that I wasn't dangerous as a medic, right? And being a good surgeon, you have to be a decent medic as well to consider more than just the, the broken thing in front of you, right? It's a big systems thing. So, but I was never gonna be an outstanding medic, okay? And equally, I was okay at surgery. But I was never gonna be an absolutely outstanding surgeon um, because I just didn't like it enough to absolutely commit 100% to that. What I'm doing now, helping other people, that is actually, I'm good at that. I don't just like that. I love that. I exist for that pretty much. People want it, okay? People are broken and struggling and need help and, and need that cheerleader or need that inspiration. And people will pay for that because if you've paid £150,000 or, or $250,000 for your education, it's a big deal to throw that away, okay? If you're leading a big team of vets and doctors and you're struggling and you're thinking, this is too hard, I'm gonna break or I'm just gonna walk away from my clinic, that is expensive, so people are willing to pay for it. So I use this framework quite a lot when I'm deciding which direction for my career to take. Now, I think there's other there's another three questions I really like to ask myself whenever I'm considering career options, okay? And so the first one um, I love to ask is, um, why me? Okay, so anything, any project or opportunity is, why me? Okay, why this? And why now? Okay, and, it, and why, why has it got to be me that does this? Like, why is this perfect for me? Which is a lot of what's going on in this grid here, okay? Why now? What else is going on in my life? Um, can I commit to this or is this the wrong moment for me? Okay. Um, and then why this particularly? Okay. Like, is this really floating my boat? So is it right up in here? 
okay? I think if you ask those questions and you can have clear answers, you're really in good shape to be maximizing your chances of having a good opportunity. Beyond that, obviously we know there's more to it than that. Beyond that, making sure you have a good mentor that supports your development and understands what mentoring really is. I think you're in good shape to have a great career. And I think if enough of you guys do that, um, then you know there's a good chance that collectively we can change the narrative of the profession. Okay, um, so that's what I've got for you today. Um, I hope that was a useful answer. Please share it if you know somebody that could uh, benefit from the, the knowledge I've shared there and like it, um, leave comments. What's your thoughts? What frameworks do you use in order to maximize your chances of success? Let me know. As always, be safe, be well, be happy. Talk to Dave. Thank you for listening to that episode of Freewheeling. I hope you enjoyed it. If you did, leave me a rating or review on iTunes. That would be much appreciated. Now, if you want to have your question answered, hit me up on Twitter, Facebook, or Instagram. It's at Dr. Dave Nicol. That's D-R-D-A-V-E-N-I-C-O-L. I'll see you in the next episode.